0: It's time to break down the Buffalo Bills week 5 opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today. I'm Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And as a reminder to you, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on NFL. All right, folks, it's time to get into the weeds with the Buffalo Bills Week 5 opponent. The challenges they present, what the Bills need to do to get a win, so let's talk about it. The Buffalo Bills are back at home for just the second time in the first five weeks of the season to play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The game will be played on Sunday, October 9th, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. The game will be broadcasted on CBS. Jim Nance is on the play by play. Tony Romo, the game analyst, Tracy Wolfson is the sideline reporter. So the Bills get the number one broadcast team for CBS for this one. Including the postseason, this will be the 29th all time meeting between the Bills and Steelers. Pittsburgh has a 17. 17- an 11 record all-time against the Bills, so they lead the all-time series. Sean McDermott is 2-1 and one against the Steelers. McDermott won the first two, but of course lost the last one, right? Week one of last season, 23-16, Pittsburgh won the game. If you recall, the Bills had a punt blocked. That was returned for a touchdown and then uh, they went one of four scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So it was a bad start for the Bills last year, and the Steelers won that game, and the Bills will be looking for some revenge this year. Of course, the Bills enter this game 3-1. and one. Pittsburgh is 1-3. They beat the Bengals in Week 1, 23-20, and then they've lost their last three games. So the Patriots, the Browns, and the Jets. Head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers is Mike Tomlin. He's 50 years old. He's entering or in his 16th season as head coach of the Steelers. Pittsburgh is 155-88-2 under his leadership. They're 8-9 and in the playoffs. And I continue to be impressed that in 15 years, Pittsburgh has never had a losing season under Tomlin. And, of course, they won the Super Bowl in 2008. They were the AFC champions in 2010 under Mike Tomlin. Tomlin's challenged 86 plays. He's won 36 of them. Real quick, some background on Tomlin. He came up as a defensive backs coach with the Buccaneers as part of those early 2000s defenses. spent one season with the Vikings in 2006 as their defensive coordinator, and then he's been the Steelers head coach since 2007. The quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is Kenny Pickett, not Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky signed that two-year contract extension, started four games, and got benched. So Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Six-foot-three, 220 pounds. He's the number 20 overall pick in this year's draft. He's the only first-round quarterback. He's a rookie. He made his NFL debut last week against the Jets, and Steelers lost that game. And Pickett went 10 of 13 for 120 yards, no touchdowns. He did throw three interceptions, had six rushes for 15 yards and two touchdowns. I went back and watched that game, and yes, he threw three picks. Two of those were off of his target's hands, and then one was on a Hail Mary. Your takeaway from watching Kenny Pickett last week shouldn't have anything to do with the interceptions. I saw a poised and confident quarterback. Nothing looked too big for him. He was accurate with his throws, willing to test leverage, and he had a lot of success throwing the football. And the Jets didn't really do a whole lot to stress him. They played the game pretty straight up, didn't really blitz or do anything exotic. They played the game straight up and... Kenny had some success, but obviously three turnovers all in the second half. That's going to be tough. And I don't really put much of that on Kenny Pickett. Um, so he looked pretty good in his first taste of NFL action. Obviously, a much different test this week going up against the Buffalo Bills. And look, this wouldn't be a choice I would make. If I were Mike Tomlin, I'm not going to start my rookie quarterback for the first time on the road against the Bills. That, I think that's. I think that's kind of crazy that he's doing that. Now, it's the NFL, right? Like, you'd love to have a softball against a a bad defense. But, man, week five on the road in Buffalo, only the Bills' second home game of the year, that's a tough environment to throw Kenny Pickett into, but that's the choice that they made. Now, obviously he's thrown 13 passes in the NFL. I don't have a meaningful sample size of data to go through the typical stuff that I would when I preview the opposing quarterback. But what I have done is I've spent the last three years watching Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh. And, you know, of course I wrote up his final scouting report for the draft network and I, I've written them up for three years in a row because I do a summer report every year, and then obviously the final report when they're done playing college football. So I have watched a lot of Kenny Pickett, and so I thought instead of going through all the normal metrics here, I would give you the summary from my scouting report of Kenny Pickett, and this is what I wrote about Kenny Pickett. I said, Kenny Pickett is an experienced and accomplished quarterback that had a meteoric rise in 2021. Elevating his draft stock significantly along the way. A four year starter, Pickett leaves Pittsburgh as the school's all time leading passer, and he rewrote the record books. Pickett brings good size, mobility, accuracy, poise, toughness, and leadership to the table. He is a terrific vertical passer that can work off script and make things happen with his legs. He has terrific command and confidence running the offense and does a wonderful job of blending an aggressive mentality with consistently working his progressions and generally making good decisions with the football. His ascension as a prospect wasn't due to a new offensive coaching staff or influx of talent around him. He's had the same offensive coordinator since 2019 and a modest supporting cast. Pickett's own improvements as a player and mastery of the system are the reasons why he elevated his game. The system he ran didn't include cheap production in the form of manufactured throws, Pickett simply worked his progressions and dealt the football all season long en route to a historically good campaign. His process is synced up and coordinated. His upper and lower half are in unison, and he does a great job of getting himself aligned to throw the ball with consistency. He navigates the pocket and appears unbothered by chaos around him. When it comes to areas of concern entering the next level, his small hands and reconciling his elite 2021 season against a considerably large sample size of modest play is something to be considered. Pickett will also turn 24 before the start of his rookie season. While Pickett showcased good ball placement in 2021, there are some misfires and the ball can sail on him. In addition, he is guilty of aggressive decisions both in terms of slotting throws but also in how he can navigate the pocket and address his pressure. If 2021 is an indication of what Pickett will be moving forward, then there's no doubt about his ability to become a franchise quarterback in the NFL. With that said, blending all the layers of the evaluation together makes Pickett an interesting case study. So obviously, that was my high-level takeaways from studying him for three years at Pitt. A guy that I thought was fairly worthy of of a first-round pick. I had a second-round grade on him but i think he's an nfl starter 63 220 he can move around a little bit and he's a very poised and confident football player and you saw that against the jets last week now again i think the bills are going to really create some unique challenges for him but um you know pickett's got a chance here to be a nice player for pittsburgh and hopefully that all comes together for him and the steelers you know in week uh, six and, and beyond. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. LinkedIn has simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We all know that when it comes to sports, teamwork is everything. Every player on the field has their role that contributes to helping their team win. And honestly, it's the same when it comes to game day snacking. Whether it's making the dip or bringing the chips everyone has their role. And if it's you bringing the chips, let me tell you, I'm going to make you the MVP because Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are out here changing the game. These are the best tortilla chips out there. My wife and I, we love them. We love to have uh, guacamole, uh, artichoke dip, spinach dip, buffalo chicken dip. And Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are always our go-to because they are delicious. They're crunchy and they're made a dip. You never have to worry about them breaking in half when you dunk them in guac. They're sturdy and delicious. And I love that they're grown from organic Flint corn that is uh, grown right in upstate New York. So be the hero of this week's tailgate and grab a bag of Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips at your local Wegmans. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips, making you the MVP. Let's talk a little bit more about this offense that is coordinated by Matt Canada. Matt Canada's 50 years old. He's in his second season as an NFL offensive coordinator and with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a Steelers quarterbacks coach in 2020. And prior to that, he had a bunch of different stops as a college offensive coordinator. From 2003 until 2018, he had stops as an offensive coordinator at Northern Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, North Carolina State, Pittsburgh, LSU, and Maryland. All right. I've watched a lot of. Matt Canada coached offenses, and you can expect a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of window dressing. The ball is going to come out quick. Now They've been pushing the ball vertically a bit more than I expected them to this year. and I think that maybe stems from more arm talent, to be honest with you, at quarterback compared to what it's been under Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, for the most part, this scheme is reliant on generating some one-on-ones, run after catch, They love to uh, throw the ball to the tight end, even on like shuffle passes. Almost every game I watch Matt Canada call, there's a shuffle pass to a tight end. So you can count on that. He's going to mix up the zone and the gap runs. But, you know, in in some ways, it's a pop gun offense where it's identifying matchups and and getting the ball out quick. So far in 2022, they're scoring 18 and a half points per game. That's 23rd in the league, 279 yards per game. That's 30th. 97 rushing yards per game. That's 23rd, 181 passing yards per game. That is 28th. Let's talk about their personnel at running back. It's, it's Najee Harris, second year player out of Alabama, big physical running back. That, um, is a good pass catcher as well. He's not a guy that is overly dynamic in terms of speed and burst and elusiveness, but he's a downhill, no nonsense, physical runner. Uh, that they're going to want to grind it out with. They want to give him a large volume of carries and um, stay ahead of the sticks the best they can. So he's a workhorse for them, and I expect he'll get a, a good opportunity on Sunday to carry the ball a ton. He's backed up by Jalen Warren, who's a kind of a spark plug for them. Uh, I think he's a UDFA out of Cincinnati, and he's come on and, and been a really reasonable backup to Najee Harris. A wide receiver, their main three guys, Deontay Johnson, who just signed an extension there as their number one guy, George Pickens, uh, second-round pick out of Georgia, and then Chase Claypool. Uh, Deontay Johnson is a really good route runner, really good route runner, um, very elusive and twitchy in and out of breaks. He's got some inconsistency catching the football, but I think that's kind of the deal with Deontay is you... Get a lot, but you have to understand that he comes with some drops, but a a good route runner and and a guy that, um, creates a lot of space for himself. And, you know, for all the drops that he has, he's got really good ball skills. So he's got to be more consistent finishing, but he puts himself in good spots to win. George Pickens, second round pick out of Georgia. First round talent, uh, was injured all of last year. So that pushed him to the second round, but he's made some really outstanding plays for this offense already and um, I think he's going to be a a fixture for this passing game for a long, long time and um, just kind of scratching the surface here. He's been really good so far, and um, I expect him to be a productive receiver for years to come in Pittsburgh. And then Chase Claypool, who's really been a disappointment out of Notre Dame, big athletic guy, but very, very high-variance player. Um, The hands are very erratic. Him getting to his landmarks is very inconsistent. They like to get him on, on some horizontal stuff. Um, but, you know, Chase is a guy that is uh, more promised than he is production, I guess, is what I would say. Uh, at tight end, Pat Fryermuth, they, they get him going quite a bit, second year player out of Penn State. And so here's what I'll say about this group of pass catchers Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth are their most targeted players, but they really do spread the ball around. Look at this target distribution, Deontay Johnson, 36 targets, Pat Friermuth at tight end, 29, George Pickens, 21, Chase Claypool, 19, Najee Harris, 11. So it's not just one or two guys. They will get everyone involved. Now, what does that look like with Kenny Pickett at quarterback? Probably a little bit different. But even going back in recent years with Matt Canada and Ben Roethlisberger, They've done a good job of of incorporating everyone. And so I think that's just kind of one of their core philosophies. Even though their main guys are Johnson and Fryermuth, they're going to throw the ball to five different players w- with some level of frequency. Looking at this offensive line, their left tackle is Dan Moore, second-year player, second-year starter. I think he's been okay as a I think he was a fourth-round pick. You know, it, to come in and start and keep your head above water as a, as a mid-round pick right away. That says something about him, but I don't think he's been overly impressive. Their left guard is Kevin Dotson, third-year player. Has started 17 games so far. I think he's been okay. Big guy, 320 pounds. Their center is Mason Cole. He's in his fifth season and on his third team. 43-game starts uh, under his belt. I think he's a very average player. At right guard, it's James Daniels. I think this is their best offensive lineman. He signed a big free agent deal this offseason to come over from Chicago. He's in his fifth season, and um, I think he's an above-average NFL starter. At right tackle, it's Chukwoma Okorafor, uh, 2018 third-round pick. He's made 39 career starts. I think he's been kind of up and down. They paid him to come back as as their starter, three-year, $30 million deal this offseason. I think he's okay. And so you look at this offensive line, and I think they've got one above average player in James Daniels, and then just a bunch of very ordinary starting players, and some that you might argue are more backup caliber guys. So, what are my keys for the Bills' defense against this offense? Number one is make Kenny Pickett's head spin. This guy's making his NFL starting debut on the road at your place. Bills' mafia is going to be loud. They want to see their football team. They've only got a chance to see him play once this year so far. Hostile environment. You got to show this this guy all the looks in the world. You got to send pressure. You got to rotate. You got to do all the stuff on defense. Make this guy's head spin. Welcome to the NFL, Kenny Pickett. Mike Tomlin thinks this is a reasonable time to insert you into the lineup and Sean McDermott should welcome that opportunity. Number two, dominate this offensive line. You can win one-on-ones with these players. Nobody over here is a Pro Bowl caliber player. Maybe James Daniels if he can stay healthy. You should win some one-on-ones with Greg Rousseau and Von Miller and Daquan Jones. Heck, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, let's go. Unleash these guys. Dominate this offensive line. You should win this game up front. This isn't a game where we should look at the Bills' defensive line and say, man, they they couldn't win in the trenches. They couldn't win the battle up front. This is a game you got to dominate this very, very below average offensive line. Not terrible, but below average. Number three is just be aware of everyone. You know, they're going to get five, six, seven different guys going. They're going to try to and you know, make you respect to a lot of different players. Be aware of that. That's okay. You can win one-on-ones, but just be aware that this isn't about any one player on this offense. You know, Najee's going to be a focal point for that run game, but they're going to throw the ball to a lot of different guys. And then number four, I have win at the catch point. Your DB's got to win at the catch point. Really, you're back seven. Pickens, really good contested catch guy, physical Strong receiver. Pat Fryermuth, good tight end at the catch point. Deontay Johnson, he's not a big guy, but he's good at the catch point. Chase Claypool, is supposed to be good at the catch point, but, you know, he looks like Tarzan plays like Jane type player. But they will give him chances to win at the catch point. So you need to get ready to be challenged. That's one thing I noticed about Kenny Pickett in the 13 passing attempts that I watched. He wasn't afraid to give his guys a chance to go make a play on the ball. And so be ready for that and go make plays on the football defensively. Those are my keys for the Bills' defense against the Steelers' offense. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting information this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. All right, let's talk about this Pittsburgh Steelers defense that is coordinated by Terrell Austin, 57 years old. He's been in the NFL since 2003. This is his sixth season as a defensive coordinator, first as the Steelers defensive coordinator, but he's with the team since 2019 as their secondary coach. Uh, Looking real quick at his resume, again, longtime college defensive backs coach before 2003, Uh, But he got his first chance to be the Seattle DB coach from 2003 to 2006, Cardinals DB coach from 2007 to 2009. Then he went to Florida to be the Florida Gators defensive coordinator for one season in 2010, 2011 through 2013, the Ravens secondary coach, 2014 to 2017, the Lions defensive coordinator, 2018, the Bengals defensive coordinator and then he came to Pittsburgh and has been their secondary coach and now their defensive coordinator. So far in 2022, they're allowing 22.5 points per game. That's 15th in the league. 383 yards per game, that's 24th. 131 rushing yards per game, that's 23rd. And 251 passing yards per game, that is 21st. Let's look at this personnel. On the defensive line, Got some good players here. Cam Hayward, absolute stud. Good, good, good football player. He's their guy, right? That's the guy on this defense that makes me concerned. Chris Wormley, Tyson Alualu, Larry Aganjobi. Uh, Tyson Alualu, nose tackle. Chris Wormley, more of a five tech. And then Larry Aganjobi is kind of a, a penetration style player, quick, athletic guy that has some pass rush ability veteran player. Those are all veterans in the league uh, at edge. They don't have TJ watt. He won't be available. He's injured. They still have Alex Highsmith who leads the NFL in sacks currently right now. Nice emerging young player out of Charlotte. And then the guy stepping in for TJ watt is Malik Reed. Who's an athletic player has been around, but never overly productive. And then Demarvin Marvin Leal, who's a mid-round pick out of Texas A&M. He's a rookie. But Alex Highsmith, kind of the focal point of that edge situation. At linebacker, they got some speed here in Devin Bush and Miles Jack. Miles Jack, long-term Jackson, or long-time Jacksonville Jaguar, came over uh, to Pittsburgh this offseason. So it's Miles Jack and Devin Bush there on the second level. And then at cornerback, uh, Levi Wallace. You guys know about him, right? Levi Wallace, Cameron Sutton, uh, who's a nice player. Arthur Molay in the slot. Maybe Trey Norwood in the slot as well. They kind of played both last week. And then one of their preferred starters in Akello Weatherspoon uh, doesn't look like he's going to be available this week. So they'll be down one of their preferred guys at corner. And then at safety, Minka Fitzpatrick. We all know all about him. And then Terrell Edmonds, uh, Termaine Edmonds' brother, his running mate. Uh, so you look at the makeup of this defense and, you know, you've got some – you got some nice players throughout. Um, I don't know to, that it's a very complete unit. You know, I think it's Cam Hayward and some okay players up front. You know, At Edge, they'd love to have T.J. Watt to go with Alex Smith. You would consider that to be a real strength of the football team, but no T.J. Watt. It makes it kind of just an Alex Smith situation. They got speed on the second level, although I'd say Miles Jack and Devin Bush are not very consistent players. I think they're very deficient at corner. And then they have Minka Fitzpatrick, who's you know one of the better safeties in the league, and then Terrell Edmonds, who's a guy I feel like they've wanted to replace. So it's, it's, it's a really kind of an odd makeup of this unit, and obviously they're shorthanded with a starting corner and a starting edge rusher out. And obviously it's not just any edge rusher. It's the reigning NFL defensive player of the year and T.J. Watt, over 20 sacks last year. I mean, that guy... That guy changes the complexion of this unit. So what are my keys for the Bills offense against this defense? Number one is attack these corners. Attack them. I think you have some chances to get some wins there. Stefan Diggs against Cam Sutton or Levi Wallace. I like that. I like um, Isaiah McKenzie against Arthur Molle in the slot. Gabe Davis should be able to win against whoever they go up against. So I think you have some opportunities to attack these corners, and I would do that. Number two, I have down, be aggressive in every imaginable way. Pass the ball early. Go for it on fourth downs. All that type of stuff. I think what you want to do here is get a lead and put a lot of pressure on Kenny Pickett to bring the Steelers back. And I think you're a better football team than the Steelers, and you're at home. So what I would, I would embrace every opportunity to be reasonably aggressive to put all the stress back on them, be thinking about touchdowns, not settling for field goals and, and being aggressive on fourth downs. I would be number three, um, speed at linebacker and safety miles, Jack, Devin Bush, Minka, Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds. Those are all fast guys. And so I think you just have to be aware that the middle of this defense presents some speed, you know, that back middle. So, look, it's not a game where I think you want to challenge them too much horizontally, if that makes sense. They got enough speed on the second level and at safety. And then number four, I just have written down, like, they still have guys up front. I know T.J. Watt's not there, but Highsmith, like I said, he's leading the league in sacks. They've got Cam Hayward, who's an absolute stud of a football player. Larry Joby, can make plays. Tyson Oluulu is a stout nose tackle. I don't think this is a game where you take for granted what they have up front. Not that you ever would, but it's not like there's nothing to account for. I think Highsmith and Hayward are really quality players for them. So those are my keys for the Bills on defense against this. Excuse me, for the Bills on offense against this defense. Real quick on special teams, their kicker is Chris Boswell. Uh, he's outstanding. Since 2015, he's been their kicker. He's got an 89% uh, career make percentage for field goals, which is outstanding. He's 81% for his career from beyond 50. He's a stud. Their punter is Presley Harvin, the third, second-year punter. It's off to a good start so far this year. I thought he was pretty below average this uh, last year. So, developing young punter that they have, and then their return guy is uh you guys are going to get mad at me for how i say his last name because i don't know how to say it but it's gunner alzuski uh former patriot he's their punt returner and kick returner i think he's a better punt returner than he is kick returner definitely a guy that i wouldn't be shy about kicking to and making him return and seeing if you can tackle him inside the 25 um but a, a guy that i think historically has been a better punt returner and he's a more experienced player in that capacity so I'd be willing to uh, test him out as a kick returner in this football game. So there you have it. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the challenges they present. That's the the path forward, I think, in terms of my keys to, to get a win on Sunday. So uh, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow in our crossover preview with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. That should be a good conversation. And then, of course, Friday we still got a lot to do with our leftover thoughts, game predictions, all that type of stuff still coming your way. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.